Hi there, you're listening to the Estranged Heart Podcast, and I'm your host, Creed Revere. Welcome back to our returning listeners, and if this is your first time here, thank you for selecting this podcast to listen to. As we begin today's episode, I invite you to grab a cup of coffee or tea, settle in, and listen with an open heart. But first, the regular disclaimer. I am not a licensed therapist or counselor. Nothing within this podcast should be considered or taken as therapy. If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. Hi there. As a reminder, uh, myself and AC are on a break for the month of December from podcasting. So today's um, episode has been pre-recorded and this one is a story of an estranged adult child and estranged daughter. Um, She did ask that I not use the recording of her voice and instead I will be sharing her story on her behalf. So I hope that is okay with everyone, that it's not the actual adult child's um, speaking. And I think that that's, you know, I think it's important to recognize that's okay. Um, it's been very difficult for me to get any estranged parents on the show uh, to share their story. And let me just say that it's been difficult to get estranged parents who are not interested in um, running their kids through the mud. So those who have done the work and have made the changes, etc., or are currently working on those things and may be having some challenges, it's um, difficult for them to come on the show and share their story. So if you have a story you would like to share and you don't want to utilize your voice, have it recorded and, and have that on the show, I'm happy to do that, to share your story on your behalf, if that is of interest to you. Um, And that's what I've done here today to protect the identity of um, this particular adult child. And I'm happy to do that for any estranged parent as well. If you'd like more information on that, feel free to email me at theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Secondly, are you taking care of yourself during this holiday season? Are you allowing grace to exist for yourself? I'm forever telling my clients, please allow grace to exist, right? What about trying something new instead of forcing traditions that have by default of the estrangement changed things? Um, I know of one estranged person who put up her Christmas tree this year. And instead of putting the traditional ornaments on, she went out and bought all new ornaments and I believe utilized a different color scheme for her that worked well. Another one, instead of putting a Christmas tree inside, she put it one outside. And so just making some small changes like that seems to have helped and been beneficial in their uh, reducing a bit of sadness. There's sadness still exists. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and tell you it doesn't because it does but we can do things to help reduce the amount of sadness um, and still participate in the holiday season. So just some suggestions there. Before we dive into today's episode, I have two quotes. 
The first one is by teacher Tom. He says, no one has ever accepted responsibility for anything while under duress. Sure, commands and threats can motivate us to do things, but that's a different thing. That's an aspect of self-preservation, the most primal form of selfishness. When we assume responsibilities, we do it of our own volition. We do it because it needs to be done and we're capable of doing it. The most primal form of selflessness. Again, by teacher Tom. And the second is a quote by me. Most every time we are teaching a hard lesson to our kids, big or little, we have an opportunity for learning a hard lesson at the same time. On to today's episode. Today's story is about an estrangement experience of an estranged adult daughter. She is an older daughter. She has teenage children and is married and is trying to navigate an estrangement that came about without really any intent. Um, In other words, she did not sit down and make a formal declaration of any kind to herself or to anyone else that she was going to be estranged. It was kind of an evolution and kind of something that uh, her, her parents put into place. Uh, Although I'm, I'm sure her parents did not do so with an intent either. So it's, it was an interesting story to hear. And she has asked that I not reveal her identity or give very specific um, identifying information. So I will do my best to honor her story. I hope that you will listen as you would if she were telling her story herself because I think that it's, it's valuable and is important and it's, um, should be given the same amount of respect. Um, and, and maybe not respect, but an honoring of her story, just as you would if she were telling it herself. So again, this daughter is older. She has teenage children she is married and she is employed and her estrangement came about after two um two specific events that occurred in her family and although there was dysfunction that was recognized long prior to these two occasions um, from her perspective and so it's something that she's been grappling with for a bit of time so it came about the estrangement came about when as as it for her and her family as it has done for many families when covid hit 
right? Um, there was a, uh, she and her immediate family, her nuclear family, along with her husband, were trying to remain safe and um, practicing social distancing, etc. And her parent, uh, mainly her mother, was um, making fun of her and her husband for doing so. And that was hurtful to her. She felt that, um, and, you know, she was doing what she felt was right for her family and she was not being given the respect from her parent for having doing, for, for doing this. And so that was, you know, and, and again, the COVID piece comes into play in the fact that it just simply distanced her from her family, right? Physically. I mean, when everything was shut down and, you know, lockdowns, et cetera, et cetera, and everybody had to be distant from one another, that kind of um, started that distancing piece of things for her. And then the second piece for her in this was she was, um, in essence, keeping a family secret that was about her sibling. And she, the estranged adult daughter, learned of this um, secret from a coworker of her sibling. So the coworker comes up and says, hey, uh, did you know so-and-so did such and such? And um, she was like, I had no idea, right? And so out of honoring her sister, out of honoring her family, and knowing kind of where she was at in therapy, she recognized that that wasn't her story to tell and so she didn't tell it right she um did not disclose to her sibling that she knew and she didn't disclose the information to her parents um etc so you know she had this information but did not disclose it to anyone else that she did um and then uh it happened that the mother found out about this family secret when um, the daughter found the, let me back up. The estranged daughter had an occasion to talk to her mom. I take all of this back. Rereading my notes excuse me for just a moment. She, the estranged daughter, before the estrangement occurred, shared with her mother in what she thought was going to be private and that her mother was not going to say anything, that she, the, she, the adult daughter, knew of this family secret. And so she shared it with the mother, saying that she had known for, for a while, but she didn't disclose it to anyone because she was trying to honor her sibling and not not sharing that. 
And so a few days later, her mother calls her back and basically um, blasts her and begins to tell her what a terrible person she is, that she's kept this from this information from everybody to include the sibling and how dare she do that and why didn't she disclose it when she first found out about it and that she was perpetuating secrets etc so um and then the sibling called and um was yelling at her even though she was trying to protect the sibling the sibling was yelling at her for having disclosed the information and not did not reveal it to her that she knew that she was aware. So all the way around this estranged daughter has been land blasted for holding this information and then disclosing it to one person down the road and didn't, you know, without immediately revealing it. So when she told her sibling um, that she was actually trying to protect the sibling by not talking about it, um, the sibling hung up on her, right? And this is a pattern in the family is that when somebody's says something that the other person doesn't like to hear, then there's a disconnect, a cutoff of, you know, by phone, which if we want to look at the estrangement piece again, (laughs) there is a cutoff of communication. So estrangement, most people think of estrangement being a physical cutoff, but there's also, you know, when you refuse to have communication of any kind, that that's an estrangement. So anyway, the sibling cuts cuts off cuts her off and says, you know, I'm not going to talk to you about this. Um, and so no one's talking about it. And then weeks later, when there's been no further communication, the estranged daughters, again, this is technically before she's really estranged, or labels it as estrangement. The dad calls and says what 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 is happening here oh let me back up because before dad calls um mom calls again and says you know like what now like we haven't talked for a week or so or whatever um and what are you wanting me to do you want me to apologize when you're the one who screwed up and now remember the estranged daughter is saying i was trying to protect my sibling trying to honor her by not sharing her story. And then when I did, then I was, when I shared it with my mom under confidence, then I was lamb blasted for having done that. So now the mom is saying, what do you expect me to apologize? And then a couple of weeks later, dad calls and says, you know, again, because nobody's talking, can we not just get past this? You know, like, what's the problem? Why can't we just get on with life. Why do, why do we have to let this come in between us? And the estranged daughter is like, oh my gosh, there's this dysfunction here, right? Can we talk about this and work our way through it and stop holding secrets and all of these things that are happening within our family? 
and the family's having none of it. So, and, and when the dad called, this daughter says, you know, my mom um, was, has been really good her entire life since she's been with my father at having my dad call and find things out for her instead of um, actively dealing with the conflict herself, right? She'll call and get mad and upset and then she hangs up and then there's no further discussion unless the dad then calls, right? to try to mediate things. So now she finds herself estranged. Nobody's talking to her. She's been outcasted from the family um, in essence because she's done this thing. Um, And because also she won't just forget about it and, you know, keep on keeping on with the way that, uh, with the status quo. So when I checked in with her about the family history, and kind of what were the dynamics when she was growing up and in her relationship with her parents and sibling, et cetera. Um, she told me that, uh, and, and just for reference, um, again, she has teenage children. Her parents are in their mid sixties and she has, her sibling is, um, 14 months or so younger than her, 12 or 14 months younger than her. And, um, in her, she has a grandmother who is in her, I believe early eighties. So, um, she says the, the family history is that, um, mom and the sibling take their anger out on everyone else. Um, they yell and scream on the phone and then click, hang up, right? Uh, she says she's been aware of this behavior for a very long time. She says, I'm the one who, quote unquote, takes their nonsense and understands because I keep doing my inner work. So she's in therapy. She's doing her work. She's understanding why the people in her family are doing what they are doing and she's still hurt and feeling the hurt and pain because of the actions or inactions of her family members, right? She shared with me um, that she's always wanted to uh, break the these unhealthy cycles of relationships within her her family unit and she's always wanted to uh, show her children what healthy relationships look like which is another reason why she got into therapy so um, her mother and sibling she says have always said things like this is me accept me for who I am. I can't change. Um, I'm not going to change and, um, puts, puts things back on her, the estranged daughter to do the changing, right? In other words, to change back (laughs) to the way that she was before therapy. And so they, they don't like the discomfort that she's bringing into the family, um, and bringing things up. So, at the time when I met with this estranged um, daughter, her parents um, were living out of the country 
there was minimal contact. Uh, she kept the minimal contact with, you know, birthday cards and you know, those very simplistic things along those lines. Um, and she talks too about having always had contact with her grandmother and she was the one who reached out to her all the time. Um, and more recently because of the relationship with her mother, now her grandmother says she doesn't want anything to do with her because of how she's quote unquote treating her mom. So, and again, this estranged daughter's like, I get where my grandmother's at. She doesn't understand the complexities of the relationship today. She doesn't understand why I'm going to therapy. She doesn't understand um, the dynamics between, you know, healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships between people, etc. And so she's this estranged daughter, estranged granddaughter has really given a lot of grace to her grandmother. However, now her grandmother has cut off contact with her. So, um, when I got into her history, when she was growing up, she, um, advised that her dad had, um, or was an alcoholic. Um, he, both of her parents are immigrants from, um, other countries and, um, that there was a lot of violence in her home. And she says drug and alcohol abuse and things that, uh, little little people should never have been exposed to. She also advised that her mom used to talk to her about things that she really, you know, understanding today that her mom really should not have been talking to her about. Things that were of adult nature in nature and what she was sharing that with her daughter as a child. Um, when I asked the daughter, the estranged daughter, I asked her, I said, Are, so would you agree in that you have taken on the role of the family peacekeeper? She said, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, she kept things secret from friends, um, from school, about what was going on at home. Um, and, you know, to keep the peace, to not rock the boat, etc. And she did that all of her life, again, until she got into therapy. And then things began to shift and change at that point. And it wasn't, and again, this is an older, so this is not a woman in her 20s. This is a woman in her probably late 30s. I did not ask her her specific age. Um, maybe even her early forties. And so, you know, she's, she's lived some life and she's understanding that she needs things to shift in her life for the better. And so she got herself into therapy and now everybody in the family is pointing their finger at her as being the trouble child because she's quote unquote rocking the boat now where, you know, before she was always the peacekeeper and helping people to get along and, you know, not bringing things to everyone's attention, et cetera, et cetera. So, and, um, you know, she recalls hearing her mom tell other people that, 
you know, well, my kids turned out fine. And now, um, and this was a repetitive theme that came up in our conversation was that her parents of, are of the mindset that, you know, when the kids turn 18, your, your job as a parent is done. And that's a, that is a thing that, I mean, that's what I did. That's what I was under the impression when I was growing up myself was that parents parent until the child becomes an adult when they turn 18 and then the job is done. And then you're supposed to go on and do your life and be the adult and there's no more parenting that needs to take place. And I raised my girls the same way. And so, and that's could not be further from the truth. Right. Um, and so she, she struggles with that today as well. Um, going back to the peacekeeper piece for just a moment. Um, I think she was, she was kind of, she always appreciated maybe carrying that title and, you know, maybe looking at herself as like an old soul and really trying to maintain the peace and, and thought that was a good thing, but she's learned through therapy that by doing her own inner work, she's, she's learned that it's not, it's often not a good thing and is a way of actually self-sacrificing in order to survive emotionally. So again, something that she thought that was a good thing and was proud of, etc. She's now learned through therapy, dealing with people who understand mental health, behavioral health, that that's not necessarily a really good thing, right? Do we want people to be peaceful? Yes. But to be a peacekeeper at the expense of self is not healthy. And so many children do that. Okay. She describes her sibling as the person in the family who always, you know, pushed back and made a ruckus and all of those kinds of things. Meanwhile, she, she was the one who, you know, again, didn't ruffle feathers, etc. So there's that. Um, and she talks, talks also about how her, her parents did not help her and her sibling to have a healthy relationship. And, um, they were always quick to talk about how sad they were because she and her sibling did not have a good relationship. Um, and when they, she and her sibling were on talking terms and seemingly getting along well with one another, then the parents talked about how happy they were that they, that they were getting along. So this is something that's a, another common thread that I hear oftentimes with estranged adult children. It was a, it was a theme in my life with my, with my sister. Um, my parents uh, really did not do anything to help create healthy relationship, a healthy relationship between my sister and I, um, outside of expressing sadness that we weren't getting along, um, and those types of things. Right. And here, here we go again. I mean, you can't teach what you don't know. Right. And so again, not an excuse, but (laughs) parents can't teach their kids how to, have healthy relationships with one another when 
they don't know how to have healthy relationships with one another. Right. Um, so there's, there's that piece. Um, let, let me see. Let me, um, when I, I asked her about when, when she talked about the relationship with her sibling and, um, any other children, like the grandkids and things like that, she did disclose that, um, her sibling had the first grandchild and that her parents, um, really fully supported her sibling and they poured everything into that first grandchild. And then when her own children came along, she said it seemed to be, um, less involvement. And when they were involved, it was much more superficial, um, with her kids. She said, it seemed to her that her parents were more self-absorbed. Um, they were willing to do what was, you know, their dutiful pieces of being grandparents. But um, she says, you know, and to quote her, uh, I feel like I got a, I got ripped off when it came to um, a relationship with my parents as grandparents with my children. So I asked her, I said, you know, what, where is the line between not enough and too much? And she was, she, she said, that was a great question. And she wasn't really sure about that. She said she most certainly did not want over-involvement, but she also didn't want under-involvement too. So, you know, that's a question that I have for estranged adult children is if you are unclear about how much involvement you want from your parents and or grandparents for your children, how is the parent or grandparent supposed to know? Right. And I don't know that there's an answer. I don't know that there's a clear answer to that. Maybe it's a little muddied. Maybe there, you know, you can gain some clarity on it with some therapy and some coaching and, and things around that when you can kind of sort out, okay, I, I know I don't want that. And so this is what is left. Let me sort through this piece and try to try to navigate that. So, so there's, there, there is that piece of things. So when I asked her, you know, would, if she thought her parents would be accepting of things, if she suggested um, particular involvement and things like that. And she did say that there was a level of involvement by her parents, but again, that it was really um, superficial and, you know, like attending school events and things like that, but it didn't really get into a relationship with her children. Um, so when, when I asked her about, you know, if she would have been open to sharing some of that information with her parents or encouraging involvement, et cetera. Um, she said, you know, that was when, when COVID had just happened and she was dealing with all of that. She was dealing with her own mental health. And she said, I just didn't have it in me to continue to ask things of my parents right? That she was just exhausted from having to manage and keep the peace and all of these things for all of these years that she just was at a 
finally at a place where she was just exhausted. Um, and then, so that kind of led into a conversation about, well, what about reconciliation, right? How can, how could they come back together now out of this estrangement? And, um, she said, well, you know, there's, there's still some things that are left undone. And one of those was, um, an event that happened with, with one of her children who was in the middle of, uh, graduating from high school and all of the, you know, all of the events and things that happen around graduation and going on trips after, you know, post-graduation. And anyway, the, the mother of the estranged daughter, um, texted the granddaughter and asked her several different questions and in what she describes as you know like 10 questions and a text message and the granddaughter didn't have time to sit down and answer all 10 questions at one time etc and was you know flitting here and there doing all the graduation stuff and then ended up immediately going on this trip and only to receive a very um harsh email from uh, the grandmother indicating that if there was no answer to her 10 questions that she would, maybe she should just consider cutting her off from any um, graduation presents and things like that. So then this left the grandchild feeling like, what, (laughs) what do I do with this? Right? So what do our kids do when they have a question like this? It's, you know, dealing with a grandparent, generally they'll go to their parent. And so they did, they went to the parent, the estranged daughter here and said, what do I do? How do I manage this? I don't have time to sit down and answer 10 questions um, from grandma. And now I got this nasty email and what do I do? And I'm on this trip. And so the estranged daughter is like, you know, let's just deal with this. When you get home, you enjoy your trip and we'll, you know, we'll take care of things when you get home. And this is something I hear often from, from estranged grandparents is, you know, there's no, no respect. There's no answering of, um, text and things like that. And I get it. I understand that when we text someone, we want some sort of a reply. And here's something I want to just toss out there for consideration you know, these kids today are living in a world that is vastly different than when we grew up. When I grew up, there were no cell phones. There were pay phones and there were phones on the wall. And eventually we got to the cordless phones. But, um, you know, if somebody wasn't available, you didn't get an immediate response. And now these kids are inundated with text messaging that's happening like at the speed of light almost. It's coming at them from all different directions, their parents, their friends, you know, uh, all of, all of this. And the fact that we don't get an immediate response, could we potentially have some curiosity around that? What could be going on for that grandchild in the moment that you send 10 messages or 10 questions to them, right? Or even one question, 
Are they in the middle of all sorts of activities at school and they get the message and they, they're like, oh my gosh, I, my grandma just texted and I, I'm running from this class to the next class and I don't have time to answer. Or I'll get back with her later. And then they, because they're in the middle of this world that exists today that didn't exist back when grandparents were teenagers of immediate gratification and immediate responses to everybody under the sun and they forget. Is it possible that they forgot? Is it possible that they didn't have the wherewithal to respond? Maybe there's a time difference, right? I know that I deal with that right now. I think many times of calling my parents and when I think of calling them, they're in bed because of the time difference, right? Or they think of calling me and I'm still sleeping, right? So I just just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> so I think that we we don't oftentimes give enough time for consideration on what could potentially be happening on the other end, right? So when I asked her, the estranged adult daughter, about you know how to come back together, um, she said, "I'm." A, I'm really afraid to get it started again. And she said, and I know that I'm going to have to be the one to do that because I always am. And she said, I know I'm still going to be the quote unquote rotten person who's put them through all of this in their eyes. So when I heard that from her, what I took from that was, I'm the rotten person because I've put them through all of this and there's no regard for what it has done to me. Right? So she says, you know, um, she said it was, her gut was telling her she she was going to have to be the one to reach out. um, That her parents have probably said, well, you know, this is, she's made her choice. So, you know, up to her to come back and that they will make sure that she knows what she's done to them so she's in essence gone from the family peacekeeper to the family scapegoat right it's always her problem she's the one that's at fault and um she also shared you know there's there are and I am familiar with this as well, whispers in the family about, you know, I don't know why she's going to therapy or why she thinks therapy is important and therapy's making her do this, this stupid stuff and she needs to stop going to therapy. And what she shared was that her therapist has been helping her to advocate for taking care of herself. Because no one else in her family is seemingly interested in hearing how all of this is affecting her. So she has had to learn how to take care of that for herself. Right? She doesn't have her family to turn to to say this is really hurting me and receive any sort of validation around that. Um, She said that, you know, therapy brings to quote her, therapy brings patterns to light that we've never seen before. 
And then I added to that because we've been too busy surviving to be able to notice our patterns. And this is what I see with so many uh, um, estranged parents is that they're in survival mode. They've been in survival mode from childhoods with lots of trauma. And um, so they're just operating on autopilot. And therapy makes you realize that and brings all of those unhealthy patterns and destructive patterns to light. So, um, I asked her, I said, you know, what's it been like for you as an older adult child to have been talking about this over and over and over again, to have it blown off repeatedly? So, you know, all the times she's tried to bring things up to the family, tried to address patterns and behaviors, etc. She said, this is not my job. I cannot do the work for you. Um, she said there are people and her parents, she said, are happen to be these types of people who listen only in an effort to respond. Right? They're not listening to the words. They're listening. They're they're sitting there. They're they're seemingly paying attention to you. And in the back of their mind, they're formulating their response because they're not listening to the words that are being said. They're too busy formulating a response so that they can get their side out. So, um, and she said she she's never been able to ask for what she really needs because it's always been about the other other people in the family. So I asked her, I said, what happens if you have two scenarios? If you were to reach out and talk to your parents and what the first response is I'll do whatever it takes to get us back into relationship with one another and the other is I'm not changing and what she said was you know obviously what she would want would be the first choice is that her parents would say I'll do whatever it takes um, and she said it's you know she's afraid of the emotional pain that she's going to have to continue to carry the burden by herself for all of this. And that she'll have to love them from afar because it's just way too much for her to carry. Right. Um, she was particularly disappointed um, by the fact that them refusing to do their own inner work, that they won't find the amazing things on the other end of that, that she has found for herself. And that saddens her. So I asked her how it's affected her kids. Um, she did say that um, her kids don't generally ask about their grandparents. Again, because there was previously um, superficial involvement with the grandparents. Um she says that um, her kids will ask about something in her life if it's directly related to something they're going through. So like a graduation, hey, what, you know, when you graduated, did you do this, that or the other thing kind of thing? 
but that generally her kids do not ask her about her relationship with her with her parents, their grandparents. Um, she does ask them, you know, if it bothers them, if, if, and, and the general response has always been, um, well, they weren't, they weren't really involved very much anyway. Right. So she's worked hard and through our conversation, this was, this was very clear that she has been working hard to help her children to have a relationship if they want a relationship, right, um, with her grandparents. And to date, that hasn't necessarily been the case. So um, in the end, I asked her, I said, what do you want your parents to know? now. And this is what she said. The parenting role is never over. There are always opportunities to learn and grow. There are ways to sit with something instead of being reactive. Learning about ourselves is ongoing. I want to like you. I want to see you trying new things and growing and evolving. And that just touched my heart so much that this daughter wants her parents to continue to grow and evolve instead of being stuck where they're at with the attitude of, well, this is just who I am. And then I asked her, what would you do if one of your children estranged from you? Because this is a question I get all the time. She said, well, it would really, really hurt. And she says, and I understand the irony in that. And I'm fairly confident that I would go through hell to give them what they needed from me. That was pretty profound, right? So, what I generally hear from adult children, and this adult daughter was was really no different, is I need you, to their parents, I need you to look at yourself for a minute. I need you to go to therapy. I need you to show up for me in this new way. And I, in this conversation, said to her, you know, it's really not that difficult because we do show up differently with different people in our lives all the time. So when I hear parents say they can't do that, I always think to myself, but you do it on a daily basis anyway, right? You show up on the golf course differently than perhaps you show up in church, (laughs) right? 
you show up at the family Christmas dinner differently than you show up with at work with a boss and coworkers. We do have the ability to show up differently for different people. So when our children are asking us, I need you to show up differently for me. And you say no. That is very informative for them. And most of them then say, so I'm not worth, I'm not worth it. I want to thank this adult daughter for being willing to have a conversation with me. I hope I've done her stories justice. I know I, I don't share it as well as she could have directly herself. However, I also honor her need to not do that. So I hope that there has been something here you've been able to gain from listening to her story. Um, If you have any questions for her, I'm happy to pass those along to her. And perhaps there could be another episode if if there are enough questions um, that she could potentially answer. And if you have questions, please email those to theestrangedheart at gmail.com. So on that note, we will end today's story. And yeah, take care of yourselves. Keep your heart open and allow curiosity to exist. Take care. This brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you were able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your estrangement and reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing this podcast with others, leaving a positive review, perhaps entertaining becoming a guest on our show, or following us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. As a reminder, there is an online support group on Facebook. If you are a estranged mom who identifies as being spiritual and approaches estrangement with a sense of curiosity rather than blame and judgment and desire to do inner self-work and reflection, please seek us out. We can be found at facebook.com backslash estranged mothers support group. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast anonymously or not, please reach out to me via email at theestrangedheart at gmail.com.